Check, check, check. One, two, three. Okay. Gosh, that was annoying. It's really frustrating because I broadcast with XSplit and uh, the software loses its authorization token all the time. And every time that happens, it wipes all of my presets. Even though I have a saved preset, but that it has like a master preset behind my basic presets and it loses them. I'm probably just gonna abandon it and do like Streamlabs OBS because I'm getting really tired of having to deal with this consistently. It's like the most annoying thing in the world. So anyway, the Seahawks lost against the Rams. Makes sense because they didn't play very well against the Rams. So the Rams definitely deserve to win that game. And I'm consoling myself with my favorite food, Starbucks dark chocolate graham crackers. They're like my favorite. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I am pretty, uh, I'm pretty annoyed about that, but it is what it is. Um, also I got, I like these a lot too. Hashtag product placement, right? Even though I'm not getting paid to say this. So, you know, um, but yeah, I like me some dark chocolate graham crackers and I decided, you know, why not do a live stream during, um, you know, NFL playoff games, and hopefully the Browns win. However, one of my teams did win their playoff game, and that was Tampa Bay. Go Bucks! So, thank God. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to a friend earlier today about, like, my favorite places to live in the United States, and that is uh, Boise, Salt Lake City, Phoenix... Reno, uh, maybe Henderson, and then I um, really like North Carolina on the coast. I also really like Florida with Tampa like being like the ultimate. So I like Tampa Bay. Most, most people think I'm crazy for liking Tampa Bay. I like Tampa. And uh, I also like Boca Raton uh, north of Miami. So but that's, that's just my personal opinion. I get a lot of crap from people when I say that to them, but it is what it is. Um, so, yep, go Browns. Uh, go Browns. So I uh, Browns are going to have a really hard time, but it could go. Uh, hopefully they could do it. So chocolate is delicious. Yeah. Yeah, nice. All right. Um, so... Uh, Thank you all for coming. Uh, it's kind of a random confessions of an ENTP, but um, I actually promised um, a colleague of mine that I would do this live stream because this colleague comes up to me and she's like, you know, you're talking about a lot of red pill or MGTOW related concepts on your channel as of late. And I know you, Chase. 
I know that you don't exactly buy into 100% of that narrative on either side, uh, and I also know that you're not really a men's rights activist either. Although I have to correct her and say, I am in one area. I am pro-paper abortion. Even though I am pro-life, uh, I know that my pro-lifeness can't uh, remove anyone's choice, so if women have the right to choose, men should have the right to choose too, so check out Wikipedia uh, and Wikipedia's article on um, paper abortion so you can kind of understand that. Um, my any hero and Effie Child uh, tells me that if paper abortion was legal, then uh, more lives would be saved. Uh, and I think it would also bring balance to the uh, masculine and the feminine within the legal system, personally. I, I maintain that. So, uh, and then as a result, you know, people would be more careful about uh, having sexual relationships that could potentially result in children. But that's just my opinion. That's the only like men's rights activism thing that I care about. And it's mostly because I share in Dave Chappelle's point of view because he also heavily supports paper abortion. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's kind of a thing. Um, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm also like, really against MGTOW, and a lot of people think that I am pro-MGTOW, men going their own way, and I'm not. I, I completely reject it. I, I, I completely, unadulteratedly reject MGTOW, like, entirely. I The reason why is because I, I see it as men using it, uh, using hypergamy, for example, which is the female sexual strategy, as a way to... Um, and don't worry, guys. I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna, we're gonna go in really deep in Jungian analytical psychology in this Confessions of an ENTP episode. I just gotta get all this intro crap out of the way. Um, but I see MGTOW as giving men uh, using is men using hypergamy as an excuse for poor behavior uh, and also to shirk their male burden of performance. And I don't like that. I, I think men should perform. I think that they should be esteemed and they should continue to esteem themselves and gain nobility and be respectable men That's and gentlemen, ultimately. That's, that's what I think needs to happen. But oftentimes, they don't. And it's, uh, it's really frustrating. And I think MGTOW is just enabling it's in as much as single mothers enable their sons uh to be more feminine and not have masculine traits is in the same way MGTOW uh enables men into being these people who shirk their burden and male burden of performance the same male burden of performance that was basically god-given if you believe the book of genesis using that as an example uh i wonder if there's an islamic uh example to go along with it Although I have been reading a little bit of the Quran recently, um, as well as the Tao Te Ching and whatnot, but I, I right now I'm like I'm like reading like seven different books right now, and I've just got to finish the Enneagram stuff. It's just the Enneagram stuff, like a lot of it, just absolutely triggers me um, because uh, I don't agree with the approach. I think how people have received the Enneagram is not the original intent of the Enneagram. That's my problem with it. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 so I am very anti-MGTOW. I want to make that very clear to this audience that I am not MGTOW. Um, 
Now, as far as the red pill, which is commonly comes from the Rational Mail books uh, by Rollo Tomasi, I maintain that uh, the red pill definitely needs to be considered uh, in some cases, but it's not without its flaws. Uh, red pill awareness does actually have some flaws, and we're going to be talking about some of those flaws, especially from uh, the lens of Jungian analytical psychology. And Jungian analytical psychology actually exposes some of those flaws. So we're actually going to be doing a little bit of uh, investigation uh, today into what those flaws and what those biases are, while also exposing some of the red pill truths and how it all ties back to Jungian analytical psychology. That's basically what this show is from my very ENTP point of view. Uh, so yeah, but there are some flaws. Um, uh, Aaron, it is an assumption to say that the red pill is anti-women. It is not anti-women. That's uh, so like, it is not anti-women. Actually, I have found women who have read the Red Pill books, and now there's four of them. The fourth one was just released on January 3rd, so uh, it is uh, it is out. Um, uh, so for the uh, for the four Red Pill books out there, I find it highly highly educational for women uh, to read and consider. I, I think it would be really really educational especially because it really helps women hold their men to a higher standard and like I say consistently it is the job of the feminine to bring challenge uh, to the masculine you know so that's that's really important for for uh, and so in order for the feminine to be properly empowered not disempowered like what feminism does uh, but for the feminine to be properly empowered, it really helps show uh, daughters, for example, uh, what is an example of you know men that they can that they should be holding in higher esteem, right? It, it helps them out in that way. In as much as like the book Eat, Pray, Love would in certain ways as well, because Eat, Pray, Love is the best fictional representation of what hypergamy means, etc. Now, I often talk about things like female solipsism, which is innate, inborn female selfishness or uh, um, or uh, hypergamy. But everyone, for some reason, like especially in the Facebook group, uh, the CSJ Facebook group, thinks that like, there's a lot of women there that think that I'm trying to denigrate women or I'm saying that these things are evil and that they're evil because they have solipsism and hypergamy. No, I'm not saying that at all. Actually, hypergamy is a good thing. Uh, female solipsism is a good thing. These are good things. They're necessary things. Because without them, our race wouldn't exist. And our race would have, like, bad genes and we'd, like, die out. So female sexual selection is actually very, very important. It's also a form of survival of the fittest. It's a form of natural selection. It's just reality, okay? So, like, for all you men out there who are, like, really, really butthurt over these things, this is what MGTOW does. They just assume that, like, hypergamy is this evil thing, and that's why they just have to completely remove themselves from the dating pool and shirk their, their responsibilities, etc. No, it's wrong. So, it, it's, it's, it's completely wrong. Um... So let let go of that. Like seriously, let go of that. It's uh, it's just not going to work. Um. So yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um. 
and yeah, it is pretty Darwinian, but it's the truth. I mean, I'm sorry, biology matters. Like, biology really, really matters. I mean, everything else outside of biology is ultimately subjective, meaningless, and, and vain. It's it's vanity. You know, the affiliative itself is a form of vanity. Doing the right thing is a form of vanity. So just be aware of that. But I don't appreciate how MGTOW is consistently deciding to shit on women because, ooh, mahapergamy or ooh, solipsism. Like, guys, these are actually good things. These are actually really important. So maybe, you know, you wouldn't have a problem with them if you had, you know, the mature masculine. You, you might have a better life if you sought the mature masculine so that the feminine can be mature. But no, the feminine can't be mature because you're not mature. And often, you know, female mature masculine or the mature feminine is just its growth is stunted, it's stifled, it's removed from society. It's not able to be there because why bother? Why should it? Because the mature masculine is nowhere. And this is like my biggest my biggest problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. MGTOW is birth control, round earth society, preach it. Like, like, yeah, it's not, it's fine. But anyway... All of Tomasi's books are very useful for women, as Ezra uh, Kosafi says. It's all it's very useful for women, but the thing is, is that they are not without their flaws, and we're going to be discussing those flaws this evening. It's really important to understand those flaws. I'm not saying Tomasi is overall wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I just need you folks to understand that there's a deeper way of looking at them that will reveal a lot more about the sacred genders. If you want to learn more about the sacred genders, please watch season 13 playlist on this YouTube channel. It's one of the one of the seasons that has not really ever been watched or listened to. Apparently the most hardcore CSJ community members are even aware it exists. So it is a human nurture based lecture series. And tonight, while we are going to be doing heavy Jungian analytical psychology and talking about specific types and specific behaviors, according to Red Pill Awareness, where it's still from the standpoint of human nurture. So just making sure that you guys understand, uh, you know, what that is. Um, also, Christian, could you like tell me in a message uh, which person you are in the chat, please? That would like help me a lot. So yeah, that's true, Ezra. If I do get to the point, yeah, it's really bad. Fire would be running down from the sky, trust me. Like, yeah, you don't want to be around for that, I think. Oh, and my uh, my lecture cat, office cat, is in position, ready to go. And uh, all right. And uh, yeah, and Christian, just say something in the chat or something. Um, Yes, you have to be 18 to join the men's group on Facebook and uh, make sure. Um, yeah, let's 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 actually talk about that a little bit. So the men's group is a thing. Um, we do use some red pill concepts, but it's not entirely the main thing. We've been doing a lot in professional development. We're doing king, warrior, magician, lover, helping men reach king, warrior, magician, lover, what all that actually means. Um, and we use for king, warrior, magician, lover, we use a... Um, like a scale we use a scale for it and uh, a scale of one to four basically in terms of someone's mastery in terms of the mature masculine and where they're at although i haven't really deployed much of it in the men's group currently but for this audience i'm just going to be honest and transparent with you and reveal what 
I maintain are my numbers uh, for King, Warrior, Magician, Lovers. So I think I'm a King 3 out of 4. I think I'm a Warrior 2 out of 4. Uh, a Magician 4 out of 4. And a Lover 1 out of 4. Uh, I, I initially thought I was like a 2 out of 4 for Lover, but that was proven incorrect. Uh, the reason why, for example, I have some really bad habits like working instead of relaxing. Or, you know, so like... Uh, because I, I work too much, and that's an example. I, I, I can't admit that I am a workaholic in a lot of areas. Um, so, But the reason why is, is that I have this INTJ shadow thing about me where I don't really want to invest as much in my lover archetype, which is basically a man's propensity to enjoy life, until I've gotten more of my work done in other areas. If I hit Warrior 3, I'd probably... Uh, I think that would be then I would really spend more time focusing on the lover side. But anyway, I just wanted to like give you guys, uh, you know, that as an example, um, you know, to kind of show how that would be, uh, you know, there, etc. So cool. Um, I don't know if this actually worked. Okay. It's, yeah. Cause eventually the stream is just going to get out of control here. So, but yeah. All right. Let me, uh, let me actually try to make this work. Um, I'm going to close my typical chat client, guys. So if you need to reach me, like, text me on my phone, please. Make it a lot easier. Because uh, I don't want to have that open. And we're going to do some whiteboarding. So. Yeah. Yeah, work-life balance. That's, that's lover, guys. Work-life balance. That's what that is. So. Okay, apparently I'm spreading misinformation. Are you going to say why, or am I just going to ban you because you didn't say why? Oh, a misogynist. Okay. Apparently I'm a misogynist. That happens, like, all the time. Okay. And banned. Get out. Alright, so, wow, like, the last person I typed was Casey Anthony. That's funny. Uh, let's make room on my desk for that. Let's get this over here. Um, all right. Um, I don't know what AMS is. Okay. I don't know what you're saying, Zerhat. I, I literally have no clue what you're talking about. You're going to have to provide additional context or open a ticket, csjoseph.life, and then click contact us for a ticket, because I have no clue. All right. So I got a little treat for you guys. Let's do this together. Okay. No, I don't hate women. Like, why does everyone think I hate women? I'm doing this channel for the sake of women. Women benefit more from it than anybody else. So, like, seriously, calm down. Wow. Uh, health is fine. I still deal with my shoulder injury. It's kind of okay, kind of getting better. I got to do more stretches and whatnot. All right, let's actually hope that this works. I'm clicking this here. And then I'm going to go click this here, incognito window. Just setting up the stream for you guys so we can actually do this correctly. 
we are going to do an impromptu um, how to type stream right now. So let's do this. All right, type in with CSJ, LOL. We're gonna do, we're gonna look at the author in order to expose, you know, some of his uh, biases and his faults. We're going to have to psychoanalyze him now, aren't we? So let's psychoanalyze him together, shall we? Let's look up Roll Tomasi interviews. Awesome. All right, chatting with Tomasi. Awesome. Okay, dating in 2020. Let's check that out. Charlie and Ben podcast. I'm sure, they wouldn't mind me promoting their work, right? Six seconds. Uh, Live TV from 85 plus channels. No, stop with your little ads. Gosh, please. No, I don't want to see your ad. Oh, there's the wizard. The Liberty Mutual wizard. No thanks. No thanks. Who is considered by many to be the founder of the early, uh, you know, 2000. All right, so that's the guy right there. He lives in Nevada. I mean, I guess those of us that live in the mountains like to wear camo hats for some reason. All good. So um, we could do that. All right, let's do this. And then from there, um, the ideas that were generated from that um, became what we really call the red pill right now, uh, as far as intersexual dynamics is concerned. Uh, when I refer to the red pill, I only refer to it in terms of intersexual dynamics. A lot of people from, like, say, 2014, 2015 on will use the term red pill as sort of so funny that because like I refer to my work as four sides dynamics, but you don't ever hear someone actually saying that fair enough. The loose brand. So it's whatever like the red pill is just whatever truth is, man. You know, it's like I have no idea what Sigma even means, folks. So like that's like way over my head right now. <laughs> like it's it's whatever their ideological pet, you know, pet ideology is. So it's whatever their ideology is, their pet ideology is, he's talking about the different labels that people are using. Um, so that's going to be, uh, well, I could say that's a point for TE, so I'm going to be doing that. Uh, it's also a point for systematic so far, so he seems to be pretty systematic. Um, Use it for, uh, you know, politics or religion or whatever, and and essentially, uh, it it started out as being sort of about intersexual dynamics and understanding the. Uh, well okay, the, the, it started about sexual intersexual dynamics, and then it became this other thing, and uh, it's a. So he's basically talking about the journey, which is a sign of progression. He's talking about the journey. So it's very uh, journey focused, so progression. Dating strategies for sure. Um, and uh, just sort of the nature, the innate evolved nature of men and women um, and how we interact and how that, um, how that kind of branches off into other things like, uh, oh. like social issues, uh, political issues. Um, religious issues, uh, how we deal with each other as men and women. So social issues, religious issues, all these different issues and how they affect each other. That is a systematic standpoint. He's also being abstract uh, when he says that. 
he's being abstract. I could also argue that he was using some extrovert intuition in there to, to talk about the different patterns, etc. One thing begets another. I could say that. Um, but let's keep going. I want to want to make sure that we're doing this very surefire because it will be contingent based on the arguments that I'm going to be making about him within the context of this live stream. Let's continue. Discussion around how men and women interact. And I'll take in a the crack. US. And and well, right? well, the world as well. But because what you're saying issues, uh, political issues, um, religious issues, uh, how we deal with each other as men and women. And so a lot of people want to sort of force fit their ideologies into uh, what the red pill is showing guys right now. And at no other time in history could the red pill be what it is today. Because we now have, because of the internet, because of the rise of social media, because of the rise of, uh, you know, I've got a, a cell phone here and I, can, I have access to uh, all the world's information. Uh, okay, he referred to his cell phone in that way. That's an extroverted sensing totem in that direction. So it's extroverted sensing. Uh, it's also coming off really direct. So direct progression would indicate a finisher, uh, a finisher type right off the bat. So a finisher type. And we already have abstract and systematic. So abstract systematic would basically denote an NT. So if he's an NT finisher just off of this, he'd be an INTJ just by default. Um, but let's continue a little bit more. Let's, uh, I'm gonna delete that there to give me some more system resources. Okay. accurate or inaccurate on my on my cell phone to to have the red pill actually exist anytime before 2000 you would have to go to libraries you'd have to have such an intense interest in so many different fields to come to the conclusions or to come to the the theory you would have to have such an intense interest in other fields uh, so that's a very se statement talking about what other people have to do he se'd again and he's listing all the different fields as well which is sort of a name dropping te standpoint so it's looking more and more like a wayfarer as we keep going through this or the practice of what we call the red pill today, it would have been impossible to do it without the internet. I want to just step back because I'm going to guess that sure. half our audience or more might not have ever heard of the rational male or the red pill. Mm -hmm. So the one sentence is basically it's... So let's skip ahead. The male pill or something like that. That's still like in development. So let's just... I mean, it's not widely available just yet. But... um. Oh, male birth control, like in my opinion, guys, would cause this society to crash. Personally, I think it's uh, definitely the biggest threat to the world system that exists. Five or thereabouts. I, I usually, you know, I'm using round numbers here. So uh... I'm usually, um, I'm, I'm, I'm using round numbers here because I have SE inferior. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, he's presenting in a rational way. So yes, Wayfair, Rolzmasi is confirmed an INTJ. Okay. That's pretty cool. So now we know he's an INTJ. Um, so let's see if we can find, uh, let's see, um, let's see if we can find an interview with his wife. Why not? Can we? I don't know. 
If not, it's understandable. I doubt we would be able to. No, we can't. Okay. So we will avoid that as a result. So yeah, there you have it. INTJ for Mr. Rolo Tomasi is an INTJ. So that's very poignant to what we're going to be discussing in the rest of this. So, uh, okay. Let me go away from there. Awesome. Cool. And let's get that there and have some more system resources. Gosh, still pretty ridiculous on the system resource front. 90% uh, CPU. It's completely unnecessary. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> apparently my friends are watching the game and I want them to tell me what's happening. <laughs> and I'm going to have to refresh the stream on my end because it's like breaking. Because I don't have much system resources all of a sudden. The computer really did not like doing all that at once. So let's refresh this page before I continue on with the presentation. Okay. All right. Cool. Cat hair just floating around in front of the camera. I don't know if you guys can see it. The cat is very fluffy right now, so call her Miss uh, Fluffy Buns. Is that you? Are you Miss Fluffy Buns? She's just like completely indifferent to my existence as a person. So, yeah. It's out of sync. How much I can do about that. Oh, yeah, I had some drop frames. All right. You guys need me to stop? I'll reset the stream right now. I'll reset it. All right, I am back. The stream is reset. Hopefully it's clean for you folks on your end. I just wanted to make it not be like stupid and sucky. So yeah, awesome. I'm glad it is in sync. Cool. All right, so um, I'm going to have to give a little bit of a warning or a disclaimer at the beginning of my analysis of uh, red pill awareness according to Rolo Tomasi. Um, because we just typed him an INTJ, and uh, as a result of that, uh, it's really important. Um, Zerhat, that's possible. John the Baptist may have been the same type as Diogenes. I, I really, uh, I, there's a really good chance. I've also wondered that myself. Um, stop asking questions that are not relevant to this particular presentation, folks. I want to stay on track. I get distracted easy. Um, so with that being said, it's like why I'm like not even looking at my screen sometimes because I don't want to get distracted. So um, I want to say that I have a theory and this is really a theory, um, but I think it's an important theory because, uh, and I have to state that it's a theory, it's merely conjecture. So, but this theory is a major premise about uh, what my judgments and thoughts are about Tomasi's work. And this is really important that you have. Uh, so 
anyway, uh, the point is, I maintain that Rolo Tomasi's wife is an ENFP, or maybe an INFP, but I particularly believe that he is in a pedagogue relationship, which means he has highest sexual compatibility within his marriage, but he does not have very much emotional compatibility. Now, this is extremely significant if you're actually reading his books. It's very, very important because he refers to Mrs. Tomasi on multiple occasions uh, throughout uh, throughout his books. And it's also interesting, you know, because he's once again proving the INTJ use of a pseudonym, given that his name is Rolo Tomasi, even though it's not actually his real name. And uh, and because it's not his uh well, it is not his his real name. You know, it's always interesting to watch INJs use different names for their monikers, etc. And uh, you know, it is it is what it is. But uh, but yeah. So my theory is is that his wife is an NFP. Every time he's ever talked about her, anytime he's referenced any of her behavior towards him within the context of their marriage or when they are dating or any of that, he it's always come off as very FI parent, very SI inferior uh, to me uh, consistently. So without any, unless unless someone could prove me wrong, the evidence that I have right now in researching this and doing it myself, and I was hoping there was like an interview where I could prove it to you folks, but I can't. Uh, his wife, I I have the working theory, the working assumption at this point that she is actually an ENFP. Now, this is very important, and the reason why it's important is because. This can show you a lot of different, um, this can show you and help you expose a lot of the different biases that he has with a lot of his books uh, that, he, that he puts out. Now again, I am not here to speak negatively of Rolo Tomasi. I am not here to do that whatsoever. All I'm saying is, is that red pill awareness really needs to be looked at through the lens of Jungian analytical psychology. It could still maintain its blue or its uh, its red pill integrity without becoming purple pill or blue pill as a lot of the people within the manosphere would refer to it as, which basically means without compromising the, the, the integrity of his material that he's presenting. But it's still really, really important to just understand the man's perspective, where he's coming from, who he's married to, he's been married to this woman for over 20 years, etc., which is also really important to know because while he does recommend to men to have multiple simultaneous non-exclusive sexual relationships with multiple women at the same time until they decide that they want to have children and then they commit to one woman is typically the system that he recommends. Uh, just note that the author himself has been married for decades, basically. But he's also admitted that this kind of comes off as a hypocrisy within his own books. And then as a result of that potential hypocrisy, he's like, yeah, well, I still wish that I was not married, basically. So he'll, he'll draw that distinction, he'll admit to it, he'll take responsibility, which is important for a TE parent to do. Uh, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a thing. So when a woman or anyone reads this book or these books, please understand that dynamic. This is an INTJ author who is married to an ENFP. I would be happy to consider what other type his wife is. 
but based on the evidence I have, I maintain she is an ENFP, and this is extremely significant when you're considering going through his content. Very, uh, very uh, significant. Um, so anyway, so let's let's actually get into my show notes. My introduction is over 37, 38 minutes in. Oh, my goodness. But now we're actually getting to the show. Um, so, so what is the red pill? The red pill basically is the concept of intersexual dynamics that a that an individual comes to the conclusion of as a result of reading the book known as the Rational Male, also known as the Rational Male, in book two, the Rational Male Preventative Medicine, book three, the Rational Male Positive Masculinity, which is not toxic masculinity, and uh, the Rational Male Volume Four, Religion. And uh, it's also, there's a lot of supporting books out there, like there's Roosh's book, which is How to Pick Up a Woman During the Day. And then there's also Christopher Canwell's uh, Magnum Opus, which is Atomic Attraction, which if you read the Rational Male books and come to the understanding of intersexual dynamics uh, as presented in the Rational Male, intersexual dynamics, and he's got tons of research and studies and anthropological studies to back up everything he's literally saying. He also has tons of sources existing within the manosphere, which are a group or subsection of the internet that used to be very underground. Now it's not so underground anymore. And there's a lot of big names like Roosh and Roycey and Dalrock and other individuals throughout the manosphere. I'm sure someone would claim I'm a member of the manosphere, even though I'm not, and they would not really ever give me any official recognition, whatever, even though I talk about their work consistently. But the reason why is, is that if I'm going to be advising people based on intersexual dynamics, it's important to have a broad point of view and a, uh, and a way of understanding things as we know it to be able to provide the proper recommendations to people when it comes to them making sexual decisions and relationship decisions and marriage decisions and having children decisions and fathering decisions and mothering decisions throughout their life. All this stuff very much matters. And obviously we have those things there. If you haven't, but regardless, the rational mail books, the four rational mail books constitute the why, basically the why. Uh, whereas books like uh, Atomic Attraction uh, really constitute the how. And then books like Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan, who is an INFJ author, um, he constitutes the what, basically. So these different books kind of give you, uh, you know, and, and also Roosh's book, How to Pick Up a Woman During the Day, that's also an example of the how, or The Game by Neil Strauss, that is an example of the how, or Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, is also the how, etc. Uh, they're not really the why. And for the longest time uh, throughout history, in terms of trying to define the behavior or the why behind the mature masculine, uh, it hasn't really happened until... Uh, Roald Tomasi was able to create this series of books, which constitutes uh, uh, gender studies on intersexual dynamics, uh, such that um, you know the the community refers to it as the red pill. So that's what it is. Now, uh, criticisms of the red pill. Uh, People think that it's misogynistic, that it denigrates women, that it's anti-women. It's not. It's actually very pro-women. It's extremely pro-women, especially book three, which is, talks about positive masculinity. It's the book, because um, the first book is about, you know, single young men, what do you do? The third book, or, and why? And the, thir the second book is a man in his prime, what do you do? And then the third book is, okay, you're a father now, what do you do, basically, right? 
that's how it is. And uh, and the fourth book is, oh, you're in church. What do you do, right? So that that is basically the books. But uh, the, at no point is Tomasi actually trying to denigrate women or make them lesser in any way, shape, or form. He's just pointing out flaws. And like everyone out there, you know, you don't want to like open, you know, you don't want to expose people's flaws because no one likes being exposed. That's why I routinely expose myself to you people so that you guys can see a higher level of transparency and kind of get to know me and whatnot because I'd rather just be honest with my sincerity virtue uh, instead of dishonest with my insincerity vice, even though I am oftentimes punished by this community for doing so. This is why I posted recently on my Facebook, you know, hey, if you want me to be honest with you, if you don't want me to lie, then don't punish me for being honest. And this is typical NTP behavior. You know, this is confessions of an ENTP. ENTPs consistently, including INTPs consistently, have to deal with the fact that when we are behaving honestly, when we are behaving sincerely, everyone else just starts to hate us. Everyone else wants to punish us for our honesty. And that's a significant problem. There's actually a biblical example of that. Uh, John the Baptist, who is an ENTP, he used his TI parent to expose that uh, Herodias, which was King Herod's uh, wife, uh, was actually like not uh, it, like it was a, a very taboo sexual relationship and he exposed the intimate details of their sexual relationship to the public. And Herodias, uh, who was King Herod's uh, queen at the time, uh, took that very, very seriously. She it was a slight to her TE reputation. She hated him. So when Herod asked her what she wanted for her birthday, she said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And then Herod uh, basically, um, you know, punished John the Baptist for telling the truth, essentially, and John the Baptist was killed uh, for making that statement, right? So that is, uh, that's where it is. That's how it is. That's where it comes from, you know. And the thing is, is that you can't, if you want an NTP to help you, you cannot punish them for being honest. That's like ridiculous. Um, there's actually a particular person uh, who is in the stream right now who has told me to my face that I'm denigrating women. And I'm like, and and I could have punished this person for being honest with me. They're an NTP. I'm not going to punish them for that. I'm going to listen and then I'm going to explain myself. And quite frankly, that's what this stream is all about. That's what this is all about. But I would like to say that if people walk around thinking that the red pill is denigrating towards women, I'm here to tell you, you are being ignorant. You are ignorant. Because by and large, at least 80% of the red pill concepts are true. 20%? Um, no, because there's some bias there. And we're going to be looking at those biases as to what those things are not true. Also, there's a lot of judgment towards certain things that the red pill presents as you know and they're like oh those are bad things how dare you say that no they're not bad things no while people while stupid or immature or man children men or lesser men these men etc they may they may believe that it's a bad thing because migtow and you know i'm gonna shirk my male burden of uh, performance etc you know no 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 no, not not doing that. You know, like that's not what it is. Like, so the thing is, is that it's very easy for people to label things like solipsism and hypergamy and all these things as evil things. They're not evil. 
They're necessary. They're actually good. Okay, it's actually a good thing, and we're going to talk about that. Okay, so just so please suspend your judgment at the door. Please understand that when it comes to red pill concepts, they are not denigrating to women. They're not misogynistic. You have to come to a higher understanding first. Okay, and this is really important for men that are watching this because oftentimes men are the ones who are jumping to the conclusions that it's being denigrating of women. But no, that's that's entirely ignorant. Why? The reason why is is because when you look at the mature masculine, the mature masculine, king, warrior, magician, lover, it really just doesn't exist in our culture anymore. Ever since the sexual revolution uh, of the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s, etc., it's literally begun the process of degrading the mature masculine. I mean, I, I have some theories as to why. It's because, you know, people hired people like Edward Bernays, Edward Bernays, who and correct me if I'm wrong, is the father of the uh, women's suffrage movement. He's also the reason why women smoke cigarettes because he convinced women that it was stylish and cool, basically, and sexy to uh, to smoke cigarettes, basically. And then all of a sudden, women smoke cigarettes. Before the Edward Bernays, who is an ENTP, and you can watch and learn more about him on uh, A Century of a Self, which is an awesome documentary free here on YouTube. Watch it. But Edward Bernays was basically making the point like, you know, hey, uh, you know, people would hire him and uh, and potentially I maintain he's the reason why the mature masculine has been destroyed. He is a macro social engineer, one of the greatest social engineers in history up there with P.T. Barnum. In fact, he, he learned a lot from P.T. Barnum. He's also the nephew of Sigmund Freud. Right. So 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 based so based on that. It can be a serious, serious problem, and uh, it ends up you end up realizing, you know, women didn't start the women's suffrage movement. No, Edward Bernays did. A man did. Uh, so, thank you, rogue therapist. Yes, Edward Bernays convinced women that smoking was sexually revolutionary. So, which is not true. I actually told a woman last night and a and the same woman this morning that uh, smoking does not make her sexy. It makes her ugly and she smells bad and it also ages her faster and uh, gross. And my SI inferior is like, no, uh, on that. Uh, so yeah, don't do that. Um, if you're a woman and you're smoking and you're an SE user woman who is smoking, you might want to consider that uh, the SI child and inferior types that you might be interested in are like, yeah, like, no no don't do that so anyway uh so my theory is is that the people who hired edward bernays had the full intention of destroying the mature masculine because if the mature masculine is around then those people's power would not be challenged right wars there'd be less wars uh and uh uh, people would exercise their freedom in ways there's no way the mature masculine would allow things like second amendment rights to, to disappear or anything like that uh you know gun rights would be you know fundamental to the mature masculine etc so if you remove the mature masculine all of a sudden everyone is feminized due to feminism the feminine primary social order has conditioned young men and young boys fatherless has helped create this situation and then as a result men are just weaker in general and uh, because of that, they're less likely to challenge the establishment. And if I was ruling the world, uh, I would absolutely employ that strategy to uh, accomplish that. Damn straight I would. In fact, I actually did employ similar strategies to that when I um, ran, um, ran an intelligence network in EVE Online. And uh, since 
I've actually returned to those duties and I am still running my intelligence network in EVE Online. And um, if you would like to play EVE Online uh, with me and you would like to go undercover for me and spy for me in the game EVE Online, I'd be happy to get you set up. It's really interesting. Uh, it's also the funnest way to play EVE Online as a spy and to and you get paid the most in the game and you can experience the absolute best that the game has to offer as a result of uh, spying and whatnot. But when I ran my spy network, basically, I would literally have agents placed in various uh, news outlets and media outlets within the game. And uh, we'd have evenews24.com, we'd have uh, imperium.news, uh, you know, dot news. Uh, there's also uh, Crossing Zebras uh, was another blog that we did for EVE Online. But I had these various writers that were secretly on staff for me and they would literally, I would dictate to them what they would write to create a narrative of some kind and basically brainwash all of the uh, EVE Online players into a particular way of doing something so that I that so that it would fulfill my objectives, uh, you know, for uh, me and my vision of uh, of New Eden, which is the galaxy that the game is based on. So, what that is, uh, you know, so this this stuff happens. Like I did, I did what Edward Bernays did consistently in Eve Online, and I'm returning to it again. And uh, as a result of that, uh, you know, I'm back. And for those of you that know what Polaris is, Polaris is back. Um, but um, but the point is, is that you know. When you're in that, when you're a media mogul and also uh, running intelligence operations at the same time, so you, you got a bunch of field operatives working for you, you're coordinating airstrikes on various uh, targets, you're getting agents to paint targets for you, uh, and uh, you know moving inside and out surgical strikes, or at least you you you've tapped enemy comm systems, or you're reading their military uh, plans and seeing where they're moving their fleets across the map, and then you're intercepting them before they, and then and ambushing them and taking them out, you know. It really changes everything, and sometimes you have to brainwash the masses in order to get what you want. This is a very conspiratorial theory, but the point is, is that I think there's a lot to be gained by having the mature masculine not present within the world system because it keeps those in power still in power. And that's why something like these books, these red pill books are actually banned in various places throughout the world, and uh, these books are considered taboo and in, in you know, in certain places and among certain people groups. Uh, so understand that, you know, the mature masculine coming back is one of the most dangerous things to the current world system. And, you know, uh, that's why, you know, I, I maintain that, you know, the work that I do here within the CSJ community, I will likely have a similar fate to John the Baptist, right? I will likely have a similar fate to Malcolm X, another ENTP, right? Uh, and those those aren't really good fates, but you know we end up having to die for what we believe in because we do our best to go out of our way to maintain the mature masculine. It's so interesting that an ENTP was used to destroy the mature masculine, and it is me, an ENTP, who is attempting to bring it back. Right. So this ends up becoming a serious uh, problem for our establishment and our society as we know it. Um, so anyway, um, so let's let's go on. Uh, now, most people are conditioned to think that the genders are equal. 
And they're not. There's no such thing as gender equality. And you have a lot of social justice warriors, especially in the CSJ community, who are insistent on saying that, yeah, the um, uh, yeah, there is gender equality. The genders are equal. No, they are not equal. Biologically, we know this is not true. They are complementary, though. And even the Rational Male books, uh, Rola Tomasi's work, uh, states this consistently. The genders are not equal. People need to understand this, but they are complementary. Both of them have strengths and weaknesses, just like any of the 16 types folks have strengths and weaknesses. It's self-evident, okay? There's strengths and weaknesses. But just me saying that men and women are not equal is akin to misogyny and chauvinism and I'm being shamed and blah, blah, blah. That's just how much the conditioning, the Bernays conditioning has been applied to every person in Western society that conditioning is there and present and ingrained into children at a very young age within Western society very easily, especially since there's no fathers at home because there's, there's so much fatherlessness everywhere. It makes it worse. And then, you know, as a result, fundamental truths, because men and women are biologically different and have strengths and weaknesses in different areas of their biology, you know, all of a sudden we end up believing the social justice warriors that gender equality is a thing. No, it's not. Genders are complementary and they're meant to complement each other. They are not equal. Okay. So this is one of the biggest tenets uh, of uh, the rational male books, you know, as a result. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's all about complementary. Different? No, no. Yeah. Like different, but equal. Equal in value? Okay. Yeah, I, I guess, but you can't really make the equal in value Jacqueline Robinson because men are often known as the disposable sex. Men go fight the wars. Men are the ones willing to sacrifice their lives for uh, uh, for king and country and their woman, etc. And it happens all the time. Like just like uh, Final Fantasy uh, 15 Kingsglaive movie, the uh, the Kingsglaive, which was a, a unit or an army serving under the king who used the king's magic, often had this saying called "For hearth and home." These soldiers were willing to sacrifice their lives for hearth and home. Okay, so again, there is no equality. You can't you can't make that argument. If you want to go biblical, just look at the Book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned and they had the forbidden fruit, a.k.a. sexuality, when they engaged in sexuality before its time, they were punished. And Adam, a.k.a. men, were given one curse. Women, a.k.a. Eve, were given two curses. Two. Okay? So, again, that's just another example that genders aren't equal. Right? So, like, understand, you know, there's no such thing as gender equality. Like, that's not true. Stop thinking it's true. They are complementary. You can't, like, you, you have to have both. The masculine and the feminine, like the yin and yang, have to be present in order uh, to uh, to make things, um, you know, uh, you know, to make things in there. So, like, yeah, as Rogue Therapist said, like, Rogue Therapist is on fire tonight. I, I like me some Rogue Therapist. Uh, but look, Rogue Therapist said we are only equal in our inequalities. Exactly. You know, the only thing fair about life is that life isn't fair. And if life was fair, there would be no such thing as love. Keep that in mind. Just like how if a relationship is transactional, there is no love. And we're going to be going into that as well. 
this uh, stream might be a little long, guys, but I really have to make these points because there's way too much drama within this community because there's so many social justice warriors that I keep having to put a bullet in their head and remove them from the community, basically. They are exiled. They can't be here. If you guys want to be SJWs in this community, you can leave. You're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. You know, yeah, you can join the community and you can have a voice and whatnot, but as soon as you start making statements instead of providing evidence or asking questions or responding to positive or healthy discourse, you will be removed. I don't care how affiliative you are. I don't care how much you believe you're doing the right thing. What the right thing is so subjective that like it doesn't, it's, it's, it's not objective at all. And you don't have any right to tell anyone how to live their life according to your dogma. And most people like criticize me and say that, oh, Chase, you're preaching dogma. No, I'm not. I'm preaching reality not dogma this is not dogma it's not so like seriously so yeah he's an intj roll tomas he's an intj so let's let's actually talk about some of the areas of the rational male that i agree with and i disagree with let's start with an area of something that like i disagree with um so uh let's see here um Okay, so Roa Tomasi talks about the concept known as innate or inherent female solipsism. So let me define what solipsism actually means for the audience here. Okay, so uh, solipsism is defined by a theory that the self is the only thing that can be known and verified, a view that the self is the only reality, a belief or proposition that the person entertaining it alone exists and that other people exist only as ideas in their mind okay solipsism is basically a form of selfishness right uh and uh and according to tomasi uh, women have this inherent inborn innate selfishness where women are more selfish than men are basically uh, that sounds like a very wild and crazy thing to say. That's, uh, that's just like, oh, that's pure insanity. There's just no way that's possible. Again, genders are not equal, folks. They're not equal, okay? And uh, uh, so that's not to say that men aren't selfish. Men are selfish. But selfishness with men is actually a secondary trait. It's not a primary trait. It's a primary trait for women. Men go and work and provide, and they give their they give that to their women, and their women consume it. Men are the producers, not the consumers. You look at the mature masculine, the king archetype. The 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 number one tenant of the king archetype and the mature masculine is to produce more than you consume. Why? Because women naturally consume more than they produce. Naturally, it's their biology. Solipsism is a thing. What I have a problem with. While I agree that solipsism and female solipsism exist, what I have a problem with is how Tomasi utilizes an example within his book about his wife in stating that all women behave just like his wife does. And I'm like, uh, 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 uh. no, that's bullshit. That's complete bullshit because his wife being FI parent, assuming that she's an ENFP, of course, an FI parent and an SI inferior is going to come off super depraved, super selfish, super solipsistic, super self-centered. And I don't like how he's projecting his wife's type on literally to all women 
in terms of uh, solipsism. While I maintain women are inherently inborn solipsistic, they are, I maintain that not all women are like his wife. And I don't appreciate how he's doing that because now women can't come to an appreciation of solipsism. Well, saying something is solipsistic or saying a person or a gender is solipsistic, it seems to be a very negative thing, a very negative connotation. It's like saying that manipulation is bad because as as a bad or negative connotation to it. No, manipulation is a neutral term. It doesn't matter. Solipsism in this case is a neutral term. Okay, actually solipsism is a good thing. It is good that women consume more than they produce biologically. It is a good thing that women are, have this innate selfishness amongst them. It is a good thing because without that, because it provides survival instinct, okay? And without that survival instinct, guess what happens? Without women's survival instinct, our race would cease to exist. It's necessary for our survival. There, ergo, female solipsism is good. It is a good thing. It is a good thing, people. So stop being all super judgmental about it. Like seriously, it doesn't help. And this is why women are coming at me saying, "Oh, Chase, you're denigrating women. Oh, Chase, you're 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 a misogynist." And I'm like, "No, no." You just are getting mad at all the man children who are telling you to your face that you're a bad person because you're solipsistic. See, that's what happens when an immature man gets a hold of the red pill and they start making these accusations, these bullshit justifications, you know, these, 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 you know, uh, lesser men, potentially beta men, uh, and they just end up making it worse. And then that's where all these criticisms come from, from women is because like, oh, you know, you told all these people that we're selfish and now we feel really bad about ourselves. You know, I feel guilty or I feel ashamed about this, blah, blah, blah. And that's just bullshit. You know, men are selfish too. I'm like, yes, men are selfish. It's just a secondary trait. Men are idealistic with their love towards women. Women are opportunistic towards their love with men. They are opportunists. Okay, but the thing is, is that at the end of the day, Roald Tomasi is projecting his wife on all women, and this is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. So let's talk about that. I had a, uh, I had an INTP actually come at me recently about a comment that I made involving female solipsism, and uh, yes, yes, uh, female solipsistic nature pushes evolution. Yes, it grows things there, and it's, it's important. Um, but uh, there is a thing, though, like I, I had an INTP woman get in my face recently and she told me about there's no I am not solipsistic. I go out of my way to help other people, to support other people with my ESFJ subconscious. I'm constantly, you know, finding, helping people get what they want. I'm being very dutiful to them. I am helping them feel better about themselves. I'm telling them the truth. I am improving them. How can you tell me, Chase, especially in front of your audience, that I'm solipsistic? That's bullshit. And then, you know, and then she says, there's no way FE user women are solipsistic. That's bullshit because FE users are constantly caring and going out of the way to be ethical and helping other people. You can't say that, Chase. You can't say that. Actually, I can. I can say that. And let me tell you how and why. Let's talk about FITE and TE plus or anti-fe okay so usually 
when someone is complaining about an FI user woman being solipsistic, this man who's complaining about this woman, he would typically say that this FI user woman is ungrateful. And that is basically what Rollo Tomasi is saying in his book about his ENFP wife. And he's literally painting a vast picture saying all women are ungrateful. This is wrong. I disagree. It's not real. That's bullshit. He's wrong. He is projecting his wife on all women. I do not agree with that. I fundamentally disagree. Because 50% of women out there are FE. They are not FI like his wife. They're not being ungrateful like his wife is. So this is unfair. It, it's completely unfair. So, but FE users are solipsistic how? Well, how does female solipsism manifest in FE user women? How does it manifest? It manifests in two ways. One way, as is exemplified by the ESFJ virtue and vice lecture, where we talk about the idea of caretaking, which is giving to get. You give to somebody because you are expecting to receive something from somebody, also known as a covert contract. Okay, that is a form. Leveraging covert contracts as an FE user woman is an example of female solipsism. That's how it can manifest. That's not to say men don't do it because they do i am guilty of covert contracting i am guilty i'm also a crusader just like esfjs i'm guilty of it but it is not it is a secondary trait it is not necessarily a more primary trait when you're looking at the gender intersexual dynamic here that's just one example here's another example and this is the big one a ti user woman who is also an fe user woman here's an example of them being solipsistic when your wife or your girlfriend is being thoughtless also known as thoughtlessness how many times do you hear fite men out there or even fite women out there wishing how much their partner was thoughtful because when a ti user is being thoughtful that means they are making decisions and factoring in the other person every single relationship sexual relationship i have ever had with a tife user my wife included it has always gotten to a point where i've had to call them out on being thoughtless towards me because i know they're a ti user and it's like okay why are you making decisions without even having me in mind that is something that would horrendously piss off a te user in like a major way seriously severely piss off a te user woman or even a te user man it doesn't matter like te users need people to think highly of them they need people they they, they are get they're getting their emotional needs met when they know someone else is thinking about them when someone else is factoring them in in decision making right but when they're just you know uh, going cowboy, right? Flying by the seat of their pants at their movement, right? Or if they're being instant gratification, SE hero, right? And then making decisions without factoring in other people, without thinking about them, right? And I've experienced this many times in my all of my TI user uh, women relationships. I've had to counsel and coach uh, men on those situa situations. I've even had to do so for women, even in lesbian relationships, where it's like they won't think about me. They are thoughtless. Folks, this is how a TIFE user can be solipsistic. It's just in a TIFE user woman, the selfishness is 
amplified. Just like in a FITE user woman, the selfishness, the solipsism is amplified. It is a primary trait as per their gender versus on the men's side is a secondary trait. Okay, this is how solipsism actually works. All right. So anyway, that's an issue. So, but the thing is, Solipsism is not a bad thing. If the mature masculine is present in the relationship, why complain about solipsism? Because if you are the mature masculine, that means you've reached king, which means you're producing more than you consume. Hmm. So then what's the problem? You men are already idealistic about your love and affection towards your women. You're idealistic. This is why men typically stay in relationships with their women more often than women stay with men, statistically. Only 20% of men, so 80% of men actually stay in relationships with their women, even if the relationship is bad. They stay. 8 out of 10 men do this, okay? And whereas it's the other way around for women. 80% of women, due to hypergamy, are willing to leave a relationship because it's hashtag necessary. See, eat, pray, love, right? That's an example of solipsism. But then again, that provides challenge to the masculine to man up. You see what I'm saying? Again, I'm not trying to make excuses for hypergamy. I'm just saying this is what happens. Deal with it. If the mature masculine is actually present in a relationship, then what the hell does it matter if a woman is solipsistic? They are solipsistic. It's a necessary survival mechanism instinct within our race, specifically to ensure the longevity of our existence. Okay? So if the mature masculine is present, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. If you're producing more than you consume already, who cares? So, like, don't freak out. So while I agree with Rolo Tomasi that female solipsism is a thing and definitely something to watch out for, I completely disagree with him projecting his ENFP wife on all women, okay? Everyone knows that I have a problem with each of the 16 types. Sometimes they accuse me of being more outspoken about my problems that I would have with ENFP women, right? But it's bullshit for him to project with his INTJTE parent and literally just label all women to be exactly like his potentially depraved, viceful ENFP wife with using the examples that he uses in his books. I cannot allow that to happen, and that's what I am speaking to you guys now. No. So yes, he's right about solipsism. He's completely wrong in assuming that the solipsism is manifesting uh, just in all women just like his ENFP wife because it is not. You either have ungrateful women or you have thoughtless women. You either have grateful women or you have thoughtful women. Those are T-I-F-E, F-I-T-E women, the entire psychological spectrum there. And that's how their solipsism manifests. But what does it matter if you have the mature masculine? What does it matter? It doesn't. You see what I'm saying? You know, like, come on. This is an example. Like, like, seriously. So, um, I'm biased against ENTPs, apparently. 
Um, so, uh, no, Cassandra James, uh, our DNA hasn't changed. Like you can you can look at DNA that's collected over years; it's not changing. So it still follows the same pattern each time. Like like no, like we don't we haven't had a quantum leap here. You can make an argument that after taking the COVID nineteen vaccine, you're making a a, a, a quantum leap because. Um, you know, it's it's installing an mRNA uh, operating system inside of your body where your own DNA can actually be programmed uh, by by external factors, right? Which is kind of scary. Let's look at some other uh, aspects of uh, the rational male. Um, so Roald Tomasi talks about this thing known as soulmates. Uh, he calls it one-itis. I completely agree with him. There is no such thing as soulmates. There is no such thing as soulmates. He also talks about the cardinal rule of relationships. In any relationship, the person with the most power is the one who needs the other the least. This is true. Um, and uh, you cannot negotiate genuine desire. I actually literally, the very last episode of Confessions of an ENTP was completely about just that concept. You cannot negotiate genuine desire, which means that you know, sometimes you have to wear a mask. Sometimes, because the thing is, is that if you really want to be understood, especially as an ENTP or an INTP, if you really, really want to be understood, okay, then you're not going to be desirable. If you're expecting other people to understand you, they won't desire you. So you have to trade understanding for desirability. You can't have both. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. So maybe with your, if you're an NTP man, or an NTP woman, you should have the understanding be with your own gender, and then you have the desirability factor for the opposite sex. I think that would be a wise way to live your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. There is no such thing as soulmates. And if you actually believe there is a such thing as the one, you are ignorant. There And the cardinal rule of relationships, in any relationship, the person with the most power is the one who needs the other least. This is absolutely true. In fact, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the role of women has been decayed heavily by American society as a result. In any relationship, the person with the most power is the one who needs the other the least. And this is why, you know, in some areas, you know, people talk about like the wage gap or whatever. Like that was debunked by like Jordan Peterson. And, you know, there's a lot of studies that back that up too. It's just like, stop talking about the wage gap. What you really should be concerned about with is the microwave, the dishwasher, appliances, washers and dryers. That's what you should be concerned with, right? Because the feminine role of women has been very decayed. There's been times in my relationships with, with women that I've had sexual relationships with that have lived with me or I was dating at the time or whatever. And they're literally coming up to me and telling me that like, uh, you know, they're getting mad at me that I'm not spending, you know, much time with them and uh, whatever, for whatever reason, they're just in my face and, and bitching me out. And I literally tell them, I don't need you. And then they're like, what? And I'm like, I don't need you. I don't need you. And then they tell me, well, I cook for you. I clean for you. I do all this. And it's usually the TIFE women who are doing this and they're saying, I'm being thoughtful to you because I'm 
doing your laundry, I'm cooking for you, I'm doing your dishes, I'm doing all of these things, etc. And you're telling me that you don't need me? I have sex with you as well? You're telling me that you don't need me? And I'm like, no, I don't need you. That's why God invented a microwave. That's why God invented Pornhub. That's why God invented washers and dryers. That's why we have dishwashers, okay? The point is, is that the power structure of the, the role of women within a family has been heavily, heavily decayed by American society and technological advancement. Obviously, there's some good technological advancements, at least from the female perspective, like epidurals, etc., uh, because, you know, less pain in childbirth. But then they have to make the trade over, you know, microwaves, etc. You know what I'm saying? And that can be an issue, right? So, uh, yeah, I get that uh, it is cold, but it is the cold, hard truth. Get over yourself. I'm telling you the truth, okay? I don't need any woman. I can take care of myself. I am a man. I, I, I am a grown-up. I'm a grown-ass man. I can take care of myself. I don't need any woman, okay? I don't need her. They're nice to have, but I don't need her. And then and then they, they, they're like, oh, well, I have sex with you whenever you want, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you really think your pussy is worth that much? You really think so? No, it's not actually worth that much. I am not subservient to you, okay? I don't need you. Men need to understand this concept because in order for them to have the mature masculine in their relationships, they have to get to a point in their relationships where they are absolutely perfectly comfortable with having no woman at all to the point where they can absolutely take care of themselves. There are times when I've been in relationships with TIFE user women where it's like, oh, okay, I, uh, and I, and I get really mad at them for some reason. So do you know what I do? I just cook myself breakfast. I do all the chores myself and I make it very known that they're not needed. I, all these INFJ women that, you know, I've been with and they have their little needing to be needed, uh, you know, point of view, these needing to be needed, desperate, you know, like needy, uh, INFJ women that I've been with. And they're always trying to tell me about how much they contribute to me or whatever. And then they just bitch me out and get super disrespectful. And I'm just like, whatever. All I do is ignore them. And I do everything that they would normally do in my home or whatever, wherever I'm at and make it very known through concrete action with my SE demon. I don't need them, which puts me in a position of power. And it's important for me as a mature masculine to have that position of power, right? So this is really, really important. Why? Well, because when you consider hypergamy, you have to understand the risk. So what is hypergamy? Hypergamy is the dualistic, pluralistic sexual strategy that all women have. It is alpha need and or alpha seed and beta need, also known as alpha fucks, beta bucks, basically. Those two concepts put together. Adam and Eve. Eve screwed the serpent. He was her alpha seed. Then she screwed Adam. He was her beta need. And one provides security. So this looks like, this is all here. Another way of looking at it is good dads versus good genes. The alphas provide the good genes. The betas are the good dads. The betas are willing to raise other men's children. The alphas are not. I am not willing to raise another man's children whatsoever. I will not do it at all. 
What I will do, however, is create a wolf pack of men and bring men into my wolf pack. And then as and as it is written, it, it is written as iron sharpens iron. So does one man to another. I will sharpen those men and I will turn those betas into alphas myself. That's what I will do because that is what the mature masculine is supposed to do. That is the magician archetype's job. Its job is to turn other men into better men, turning betas into alphas, turning boys into men. That is the entire point of it, right? But hypergamy likes it some alphas and it likes it some betas and it likes it at different times in their life. A man's life is like this. It's a cycle. It just goes up and it peaks and it goes down. A woman's life is like this. Up and down, 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 like a yo-yo. Cyclical, just like their menstrual cycles. It is cyclical, okay? So, and it's cyclical, so such that their life is cyclical and at certain times of life they prefer alphas and at certain times of life they prefer betas because security is a higher priority at certain times of their lives. This is normal, this is accepted fact. This is why statistically women initiate divorce 70% of the time. That's why, okay? That's what hypergamy is. But let's actually take the time to def define what an alpha or a beta male looks like, okay? Here's what a beta male looks like. They follow a uh, pr priority system, okay? And uh, so here's the priority system, the beta priority system. Top priority, my woman. Next priority, my children. Next priority, my animals. Next priority, myself. Next priority, my purpose or passion. It's at the bottom. This is, you know, where you end up having these men who are not really fit, but they make really good money. They provide really good security, but they're just they're just the safe. It's like the whole. They're for the women who have aimed low in life and they hit, versus the women who aim high, and might miss. Basically, right? Those are those are the alphas, right? And. Uh, that's that's literally what it is. Men are these are these are the men like Adam. Adam was a beta. He put Eve on a pedestal. He decided to take on the forbidden fruit with her instead of refusing her because he put her on a pedestal. Let's be honest, folks. No woman actually wants their man to put her on a pedestal. And if she does, she may claim that she does, but then after a while she'll lose respect for him and then she'll leave him for a stronger man. That's just biology. That's natural. That's hypergamy. Because, and oftentimes women think that they can take beta males and turn them into alphas. They can't. Only men can do that. As iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. That's the only way. That is, that is, uh, that's the, that's the only way. So, so, so based on that, like, you, you gotta be aware of that. So betas are good dads. Alphas are good genes. Alphas are not good dads. You know, so and good dads don't have good genes. Think about it, okay? That's what hypergamy is. And all hypergamy is is that a woman is to optimize her sexual strategy and her sexual availability and her sexual choice and her sexual selection based on the needs of the moment because her life is cyclical. That's how it works. You have to have that. Alright. So 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 based on that, you know. You have to understand these these different priority systems. What's the alpha priority system? So the alpha priority system, number one is my passion. 
my passion is this community. My passion is the software I'm creating. My passion is the CHA community. It is Jungian analytical psychology. It is destroying fatherlessness and telling you people the cold, hard truth, regardless of the consequences that happens to me whatsoever. I will tell you the truth, period, end of story, whether you like it or not. I don't care if that causes my, my audience to fracture and 50% of everyone who follows me to leave me. I don't give a damn. I will tell the truth regardless of the consequences. Anyway, but here is the alpha priority system. My passion is at the top. It is my true love. It is my true woman. It is what it's all about. And then the next level, it is me, myself making myself and putting myself above everything else okay and then at the third level my woman or my women my women are third class citizens when compared to my passion that's how it works and then it's my children my children are fourth class citizens basically to my passion my true woman my women they're basically side pieces to my actual woman which is my passion and then my animals at the end that's how it works, okay? That's the truth, okay? Like, people don't even understand this. It's really, really frustrating, you know? So, and men have to, like, but men don't understand the alpha things because when you look at it this way, look at it this way. I'm, I'm a crusader type. I'm an ENTP. I was born, innately born, with all of my feminine traits up front, and I have to spend my entire life learning my masculine traits, okay? But then you look at STP, NTJ men, they are born with all of their masculine traits up front, and then they have to get in touch with their feminine side, and which means that when they get older, they actually have to learn how to take on some of their feminine traits, that's how the psyche works. This is why you have NTJ, STP women who are super masculine and have to discover their feminine traits over time. It is no different with Railgun. My wife, honestly, is a tomboy. She is. But she is discovering her feminine traits. And as she discovers her feminine traits and develops her INFJ subconscious, she's going to make all you girly girls out there yeah, because guess what, folks? The tortoise and the hare. Hard work. The learned traits, the tortoise, is actually what wins the race, not natural, inborn, innate talent. To the point where even I could be far more masculine than the STPs and the NTJs because it's learned behavior. It is the same for any NTP. That's just the reality, okay? So if you have a feminine type and you're a man guess what you have to learn those masculine traits but thank god there's magician archetype as iron sharpens iron so does one man to another right or if you are a masculine woman who has to learn feminine traits over time well thank god for matron archetype right to teach you how to be feminine this is literally how it works all right A lot of people just don't understand these concepts, and it's really frustrating. And then they just judge each other for it. No. No. So anyway, the point is, is that, like, I don't need women. No man in, in Western society actually needs a woman. They don't need women. I want women. I want a woman. I want – they want women. We want women. We like women. We like it. It's good. 
It's not good for a man to be alone, right? So, but it's important to understand this because in any relationship, the person with the most power is the one who needs the other the least. And men need to understand why. Because in order for a man to have an alpha priority system in his head is literally a mind state. In order for him to have an alpha priority system, he has to be the son. Listen, in my life, folks, my life is like a picture frame, okay? And there's a picture of Chase in this picture frame, and this is my life. And everything in my life, including my cat, my cat Misty, she's in my picture frame, you know? And all the things in my life, my car, it's in my picture frame. Uh, my phone, picture frame. Dark chocolate graham crackers, it's in my picture frame. Railgun, she's in my picture frame. My children, in my picture frame, you see? Like, all these things are in my picture frame. So women in my life are in my picture frame. I am not in their picture frame ever, okay? Oftentimes, you know, women, there's this concept known as orbiters or beta orbiters where these men will orbit around women, a high high sexual market value woman, and they're called orbiters, etc. And it's really sad. I do not orbit women. Women orbit me. Okay, my woman orbits me. I am the sun of my solar system. I am the king of my kingdom. That's how it works. And when I am that way, when I am behaving like the sun, and when I am having frame, my picture frame, then I'm more desirable. Then I get higher quality sex and higher quantity of sex. And my woman doesn't let her body go because she's orbiting me. But you men out there who don't have that, well, it's because you're not the sun. Like, doesn't make sense. So, in any relationship, the person with the most power, which in this case in our solar system would be the sun, where everything orbits, Jupiter, it's pretty fucking big. Jupiter is a big planet. It's big. It's there. But guess what? Guess what? It still orbits the sun. It still orbits the sun. You know... Jupiter, right? You know, also known as Zeus. You know, some circles would say Satan, etc. You know, like uh, it likes to, it likes to, it likes to talk a big talk, but he's still subservient to the sun. Let's be honest; he still orbits the sun. You see what I'm saying? Like that's how this works. So if you are the mature masculine and you really are king, your queen orbits you, not the other way around. This is how it works, and this is actually more attractive to women because a man is only as attractive to a woman as he is attractive to other women. The women who are orbiting him, and the more that are orbiting him, is attractive to a woman. It's just how it works. It means he's very desirable. Oh, but Mr. C.S. Joseph, I'm a crusader woman, and I want to be desired. I, I want people to, like, want me and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean, like, you know, you're orbiting them or whatnot, or, like, they're orbiting you because of desirability. Oh, I just don't see how, Mr. C.S. Joseph, that, like, you know, what you're saying about orbits and whatnot, there's just no way that could be because, you know, I am a crusader type, and I'm an F-E-N-E type, and I want people to value me, and I want people to want me, and that means, you know, these men need to be giving me their desire and whatnot and so they're orbiting me right and I'm like no no that's not what that means no because don't forget uh little intp don't forget little isfj you have introverted sensing which means you have to be loyal 
which means you have to be willing to give your man attention. And if he's an SE user, he's not going to like you not giving him your attention, right? And then he's going to not want you anymore and start wanting the woman that will be willing to give him attention. So don't pretend that you're not orbiting around men because you are. Don't pretend. You actually are. So, this could be an issue. This could be an issue. You know, women get married when they're 29 statistically because they know that their ability to produce children is going away and uh, they got their careers set up and then they get married. But then they get married to a beta because they know that their uh, looks cannot compete with younger women. So they end up with a beta because they can't attract an alpha at 29. They get married at 29. They're married to a beta male and then they miss the alphas of their younger age and then they get upset that the uh, the beta male is like uh, not turning into an alpha as hard as she tries as much as she shit tests him and challenges him and being the feminine to provide the challenge to the masculine doesn't work because only men can build men order begets order people chaos aka the feminine does not beget order in that regard order does not come from chaos okay but but women give birth to men yes but it is a man that puts it in a woman to begin with seriously like understand that concept uh thank you jto theon uh like yeah mbti lover 357 preach it so the point is is that you guys can't you guys can't have that point of view, you know, like, and then women end up having regret. And then, and then Rolo Tomasi talks about women and regret. And that's, and that's an issue too. And then they regret not being with an alpha. So that leads to divorce in their late thirties because their beta is not turning into an alpha. And statistically women get divorced in their late thirties. That's a serious problem. And 70% of divorces initiated by women within the United States of America, which is pretty rough. And that could be a thing. Wow. Okay. So that just leaves it to getting worse. Okay. So we're about halfway done here. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay. So, but is hypergamy a bad thing? No, it's not. If a woman doesn't choose you, she's either incompatible with you psychologically or you're a beta. But even alpha men can be with women who are psychologically incompatible with them to the point where those alpha, like I know some alpha men who, who have multiple women that uh, they're in sexual relationships with and they love them. They love them dearly. They treat them each individually like they're the only one at that, at that moment. That's pretty nice. It's pretty noble of them to do so. But I also know men who have a, who have a one who have one woman. They have one woman. I have one woman. I have one woman. I love railgun. I take care of railgun. You know, I go out of my way. Uh, you know, for for the sake of uh, you know, my marriage and our relationship. But I also don't let her push me around, and she understands that I have options. She knows that. 
She knows that I have options. And because of knowing that I have options, then she and she knows that there are women who orbit me around my son, basically, that keeps her attracted to me. That's how it works, right? And that's an example of how a marriage can stick together because of that. A man is not letting go of his of his performance or his desirability. His desirability for the any users, his performance for the SE users. It's not that hard because perception functions are all about sexuality, okay? And there is definitely men out there who prefer to have one woman. That's your choice. I'm not here to say monogamy is wrong. I'm not. But you also have to, uh, and, and Polly is not wrong either. The, my issue is, though, is that society preconditions men to uh, think that monogamy is the right thing to do. That's wrong. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. That's wrong. In the presence of mature masculine, men need to know that they have the choice to do both. Not all men will do it. I know a lot of INTJ men out there that would prefer one woman at a time. I know some INTP men out there that would prefer one woman at a time. I know some INFJs the same thing and INFPs the same thing. So like just using them as examples, like this is a thing. I'm not against mono, I'm not against poly. I'm not. Uh, everyone thinks I am for some reason. Everyone thinks I'm against mono. No, I'm married to one woman, like come on. I'm not against it, okay? I've, you know, I, I, you know, the, the poly lifestyle that, that I live, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like, oh, you know, Chase is just going to go out there and bang whoever he wants, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's just not, that's just really, that's just not reality. Like, come on, everyone starts complaining and trying to shame Chase on everything. And I'm like, no, guys, you just don't understand me. Stop jumping to the wrong conclusions and making statements without asking questions. It's like the most annoying thing in the world. Here's the next thing that I completely disagree with about uh, Tomasi. Tomasi makes a, uh, an argument that women, because, you know, his wife is an ENFP, uh, he claims that all women are covert communicators, and it's all about covert communication. In fact, the majority of the manosphere actually thinks that women are covert communicators. But, you know, I'm married to Railgun, and Railgun is triple direct. And according to Damasi, I should be trying to use covert communication in order to, uh, you know, figure things out and improve my marriage with uh, Railgun. And I'm like, that is absolute bullshit and not accurate and not true whatsoever. Because the difference is, is that it's it's a problem. It's It's absolutely a huge, huge issue. It's not real. Because... Well, some women have covert communication because they're informative. There are women who are overt, like my wife, who are as triple direct, which means she is overt communication, okay? Tomasi is consistently using his ENFP wife as a model and judging all women by that. This is inaccurate. I reject this concept. I reject it. And I, I actually... Um, I have a member on my team who is also married to an ESTP woman, and we actually did a test. He's like, okay, I'm going to use covert communication. I'm like, all right, I'm going to use overt communication. And then we just, we tested to see what results that we would get, you know, uh, you know, from, from our wives. And, and in, in my opinion, based on the results of that, I maintain that overt communication has, and as I, you know, as I continue to use overt communication, even if it's the icy cold sort of truth with my own wife, it gets me far more results. So the point is, folks, the point is, it just depends on the woman. And I wish Tomasi would talk about this. It depends on the woman. So this is actually a situation where, yes, not all women are like that. But 
but it just depends on where they are psychologically. Are they uh, an informative type or are they direct? If they're informative, use covert communication with them. If they are direct, use direct communication with them. It's not that hard. Uh, so most people, like for some reason, think that's 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 an issue. So I I, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Um, now, women do have a covert nature, as Kevin Chen would would talk about, uh, and the that covert nature is really like when you're talking to like you know women versus men. You know, men typically, you know, they you can take a man at his word. You you really can, but you can't take women at their word. You really can't. Uh, I was actually in a fiery conversation with an INFJ woman on the phone uh, just before this live stream, and uh, basically, uh, you know, she contradicted herself like five or six times. And this is Ti Child we're talking about, the one who's not all about contradiction. Because at the beginning of the conversation, she told me that uh, you know, I I'm not. Uh, I'm not a uh, I'm not a man or I'm not a woman so how can I have an opinion about what it is to be a woman and then later in the conversation I'm like oh well, hold on you can't have that opinion you're not a man right you're not a man and she's like well yes I, I can because this and I'm like you just contradicted yourself the point is you can't take women at the word you can only judge them by their actions as much as women really hate when anyone says this and they tell me I'm a misogynistic ass because or a jerk because I say that I'm like, no, you know. Oh, by the way, guys, you know, back for alphas and betas. Alphas are jerks. Betas are nice guys. So my nice guys finish last. Think about that. Um, but anyway, so that's that's the thing, you know. Communicate. Be honest. Be honest. Just understand that women, they still have that co overall covert nature, but informative women, they are covert, but direct women, they are overt. Okay? So, men, adjust your communication style to them in that regard. Don't listen to Tomas in that area. That, that's that's inaccurate. It, that's inaccurate. It's, it's, it's bad advice because he's ignorant of uh, Jungian analytical psychology or four sides dynamics. It's not his fault. I don't blame him, but that's just not true. Granted, also, judge women by their actions and not necessarily their words. Men, you can, 80% of what they do, you can judge men by their words, 20% by their actions. It's the other way around for women. Judge women 80% of their actions and 20% of their words. Look at it that way. Use Pareto principle. Uh, it's probably a better way of saying that. So, um, but that's, that's just real. I mean... It, like like someone in the uh, so we have Larissa uh, Dare who says sigh Chase you know because I said that just now in the audience like seriously like I I bet if I spent an entire day with you I would I could ti parent every single contradiction that you do the entire day and be like okay you see these twenty five things well I think you've just proven my point it's like I have yet to meet somebody who does not like break that mold you have to judge women by their actions not their words it's proven there's studies on it there's even a ucla study about it it's a thing if you have a problem with what i'm saying go verify and try to prove me wrong go go find the study you won't be able to just just do it okay so like get over it like seriously okay so uh so this bring this brings us into like uh other areas um so again like 
hypergamy is not a bad thing. It's not bad. If you are the mature masculine, hypergamy is not a problem for you. If, um, so yeah, hypergamy is not a problem. Solipsism is not a problem. These are not bad things. They are necessary things for the survival of our race. So just get over it and focus on becoming the mature masculine, okay? Understand how it works, but become the mature masculine is really, really important, okay? So let's talk about the final point um, that I have uh, with uh, red pill awareness, and it's known as the paradox of commitment. Um, so I got into like a verbal altercation with multiple women last night in the Facebook group, the CSJ Facebook group. Uh, Tara Lynn Bellucci, Tanya Bordeaux, Shelley Bonwick, Faye Hill, uh, these women specifically. And uh, it's funny, um, I actually read a, I read a post um, from uh, one of them earlier today talking about, you know, hey, like, you know, this, this, is, this is complete bullshit. One of these women basically said, uh, you know, hey, if we are, you know, this is not how you continue relationships. She's like, you need to withhold sex, you know, and then he'll be thinking about you all the time. He has to earn the right to have sex with me. He has to earn, earn, earn. And I got, I am like, wow, I'm really triggered that you said that because, and I called her out and I'm like, wow, you're like really transactional right now. And you're like really showing just how opportunistic you are. You see what I'm saying? The opportunism uh, versus the idealism, right? And, uh, you know, opportunistic hypergamous sexual strategy, that's not appropriate. That's like horrible, you know? And uh, yeah, I'm calling them out. I mean, some of them got so disrespectful, I banned them from the group and they can't come back. Like seriously, like if you're going to make statements without asking questions or if you're going to make judgments without even listening and just like, oh, no, no, you're, you're shallow or, oh, you're a misogynist. Oh, you're a chauvinist. And I'm like, okay, well, why? Tell me why. Explain to me your reasoning. But they don't want to deal with TI Parent, like literally nitpicking every single point that they make and debunking all of it and making them look stupid publicly. So then they just resort to just making labels and doing that. So then I just ban them. I'm just like, okay, bye. You're out and you can't come back. You know what I'm saying? So can't do that. Like it's really, really annoying. But let me tell you something, guys. The paradox of commitment. So I, I asked some of these women last night, so what exactly does a man get from being in a relationship with you? And one of them said, well, I never put any thought to that. And I'm like, see, that's an example of you being thoughtless and that's you being solipsistic. You never put any thought to it. What does a man get from being in a relationship with you? Wow. You never put any thought about that. Wow. So apparently you're the version, you're the TI version of not caring then. You really don't care. Wow. You're, you're a great person, you know. And then uh, and then it just, it, it, it got even worse. Another, And then we have another one talking about how, you know, well, my love and respect has to be earned. And, I'm, and I just made the argument that a submissive and respectful woman is a beautiful woman because they're, because they all told me that, Chase, you're really shallow. You just care about physical traits, blah, blah, blah. You care about a fine ass and tits, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, actually, I don't. And I said, while statistically most men prefer larger breasts, I actually don't like large breasts. I like medium to small breasts personally because large breasts are really suffocating. 
and I don't like that, and it bothers my SI inferior, so not interested. Not interested in large breasts. Nope. 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 Okay? So, and and I and I had to say that point within the, the argument, and they're like, okay, yeah, thank you for saying that, Chase. And I'm like, yeah, because you, you women are like jumping all over these bullshit arbitrary labels that have nothing to do with the truth. Men have their own tastes. Stop telling men that they're shallow. These tests are based on studies gathered and generalizing men in general what in general men like but that doesn't mean it's true for the individual man of which you are, are compatible with sexually via cognitive synchronicity season five playlist here on this channel they don't do that they don't understand that that's frustrating that's not accurate okay so you know like it's not a thing. Um, submissive, uh, well, I can read that right now, actually. Um, I can actually uh, define that appropriately for you folks. Let me bring it up here for you on my phone, if I can find it. There it is. Okay, cool. And it's already open, ready to go. Okay. So... This is written by Grace uh, Driscoll. She's an ISFP woman, FI hero. This is an FI hero speaking. Quote, we need to know what a word means before we can start to practice it. To respect or be respectful as a wife is as follows. Quote, to notice, regard, honor, prefer, defer to, encourage, love, and admire. Notice how the definition of respect includes the word love. This is why loving a man is not good enough, because any woman can love just about any man on the street. But they don't always respect every man. Any woman can love betas, but they don't respect them. They may not love the alpha jerk, but they do respect them. You see? How many times do we see the women out there who are like, oh, they're with a, oh, you know, she's with a real jerk. Well, there's a reason why. He's attractive. That's why. It's not that hard. He's got the good genes that she likes. You know, that's how their minds work. It's hypergamy, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But I got so triggered last night because, like, one of us was like, oh, it has to be earned. And I'm like, look, love and respect is not earned. If you think it's earned, that means your relationship is transactional, which means you are being solipsistic, which means you are being uh, um, uh, selfish, it, and it means that there is no love in your relationship, and you don't actually love and respect your man, because if you're expecting him to earn sex from you, or earn your attention, or earn anything from you, you are being disrespectful. You are not being submissive at all. You are ugly. That's what I told her. She is ugly. If you expect someone to earn from you, you are ugly. Because the reality of the situation is a man can work for a decade and the woman still can make the decision to reject him anyway. There's no such thing as earning love and respect. There's no such thing as earning sex. That doesn't exist. It literally does not exist. It is only given, folks. It is only given. This right here is an example of proof of solipsism for all of you that don't believe that solipsism is a thing. It is a thing. 
So, <laughs> well, if you're going to Patreon, then go to csjoseph.life forward slash members because our Patreon's been closed and doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but thank you. Anyway, so the paradox of commitment is this. What do men actually get from being committed to a woman? Iron rule of Tomasi number six. He says, women are fundamentally incapable of loving a man in the way that a man expects to be loved by a woman. This is interesting because the only way a man can be expected that can get the love from a woman that he expects from a woman is actually from his mother, but not not really from women in general. Just, just not, it's just not a thing. The reason why is, guess what? Biology, biology, for example, Biologically, women are supposed to put their children above their men or above their husbands or above the fathers of the children. Women are supposed to do that biologically. It is not wrong. They're supposed to do biologically. I did say that 70% of divorce in the United States of America is initiated by women, but what about the 30% of divorce that's initiated by men? Why do they do that? Because nine times out of 10, a man initiates divorce for a woman. It's because she put her children above him. My own mother-in-law, so funny, told the story about how her mom, when she got pregnant, told her, you better not put your children above your husband or else he will leave you. I was like, dang, that's some matron archetype that's missing from this culture, huh? I've said that story before, but I have to bring it up again for this uh, presentation so it's complete. Okay? So biologically, women are supposed to be putting their children above their men. And then if, you're losing, if you're using the alpha priority system, you know, uh, your woman better be putting you above the children under that priority system. This is why monogamy forces both of the genders to deny their biology. Here's another example of biology. If a baby is sleeping in the same room as a man, his testosterone drops severely. That's a problem, very unhealthy for the man, opens him up to immune system problems, productivity issues. He could potentially get fired with that much of a testosterone drop. He's very fatigued, those kinds of things. Why does that happen? Because his biology is assuming that the mother isn't around. And force and activating his genes so that he can take over that motherhood responsibility to care for the child until he finds another woman to take over care for that child. It's a biological process. This is why whenever my children were babies or anything, I refused to allow them to sleep in the same room as me and not be near me anytime when I'm sleeping whatsoever. Oh, but you're really selfish, Mr. C.S. Joseph. You're such a chauvinistic, misogynistic hack. I mean, seriously, you don't even care about your own children? Wow, you're such an ass. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't care. I have a right to like my own biology and like my own health. So uh, get the hell out. Like, seriously, don't do that. So it's really frustrating you can look up studies on that it's even uh, i think it was even brought up in uh, the book sapiens uh, and check out the bibliography of that book as well for that but yeah guys that's another biological issue okay men biologically are pol are polygynous and polygynous means they have sexual relationships with multiple females right okay 
Women are not polygynous, but they are hypergamous. It's different, okay? So the point is, is that in ancient times, men would have their own grand tent and they'd have little tents for all of their women basically surrounding their grand tent because each woman would have her own tent as was required. You can check this out in Exodus chapter 20. That's literally what's described there and whatnot. And then he would impregnate a woman and she'd go be in her own tent and she'd have children and her children would live with her in her tent. And he would invite one of her other, his other wives into his tent to be with him basically. And then as a result of that, in these committed relationships, he was able to always have his needs met. And he would not have to sacrifice his needs being met when he had a child, for example, because all of a sudden, because of how cyclical his wives' lives are, when a woman ends a cycle and begins a new one, the cycle of being his queen, and now she's a mother and she has those responsibilities, he's able to go get that queenly archetype from a different one and have all his needs met simultaneously and still have children. That's literally how it worked in ancient times. But now we have monogamy. Monogamy is not a bad thing, guys. I'm not saying it's bad. But what I am saying is that monogamy... Unlike a poly situation, monogamy forces both of the genders to deny their innate, inborn, inherent biology. They have to deny their biology. So, in a monogamous relationship, the woman better not at all put her children above her man. And she will have to be expected to treat them like, according to the alpha uh, priority system, fourth class citizens in their family required in order to keep her man and the man would have to make sure that he doesn't have any additional sexual relationships outside of that relationship that's the trade that's the biological trade that everyone has to make it's really frustrating MBTI lover 357, uh, yes, uh, yeah, but one, but he had more wives, so it doesn't matter what wasn't created. I mean, God has multiple women. Did you know that? The Israelites are one woman. That's one olive tree, and the other olive tree is the Gentile believers. God has two women, and then you have the parable of the ten virgins. How do you explain that, huh? Or, you know, Jesus having sexual relationships with Mary and Martha. How do you explain that, huh? Who was the first person that Jesus saw when he got out of the tomb? It was Mary Magdalene. I wonder why. Come on, folks. Don't get all religious on me. You guys barely understand your own sacred text to begin with. Do you even know what biblical interpolation is? No, you don't. And because you don't know what biblical interpolation is, you have no idea how much of the Bible is actually fake. Because there's a lot of the Bibles like, you know, like, okay, whoever is without sin, you're the first one that casts the first stone. That is 100% fake. That was added to the Gospel of John 600 years after it was written. And yet you, you have this bullshit dogma that you think is the reason why monogamy exists and has to be enforced socially for all of us. And so we have to deny our biology and end up being unhappy in this bullshit society all because of what? Because of your dogma, which as Steve Jobs put it, it's just you living with the results of other people thinking, just like how FJs adopt social norms, social systems, traditions, right? Ways of doing things, social norms without even verifying them. And then they enforce and force other people 
people to live by those social norms? Are you absolutely kidding me? Wake up. Stop being so ignorant. Stop harming people. I can't stand you people. Go away. Seriously. Whip out your Bible. Go to blueletterbible.com. Look at the original Greek. Look at all the original manuscripts and understand biblical interpolation. Remove it. God's word. There's no such thing as sola scriptura. It is an absolute lie. There is no such thing. It is bullshit. The Bible is the infallible holy word of God. No, it is not. And that's a lie. It's a lie. The word of God equals the words of the prophets plus the words of Jesus minus biblical interpolation. If you don't understand that formula, then you shouldn't even be preaching your dogma here on this live stream, and I will ban you from it. Seriously, get out. So annoying. All right, no, it is not okay to cheat on your wife. I'm not saying cheat on your wife. Who said that? Like, I'm not saying that. Oh my gosh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 37, and I quote, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Here is how you handle it if you're married, okay? And this is where you could do it, and it is no sin, okay? Under the new covenant, you let your yes be yes and your no be no. Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 through 36 is basically Jesus bad-mouthing marriage vows. He doesn't like marriage vows, okay? He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you agree to exclusivity with a woman, agree to it and keep your word. Don't go have sex with somebody else. You're breaking your word. That means you're a liar. Don't lie. Don't do that, right? So, but if you do want to go have sex with somebody else and you are married, this is what you do. You go to your spouse and you tell them, I no longer want to be exclusive with you. I am saying that my no is no now and I'm giving you a head. And that means that your spouse has a choice. You can agree to split up with me right now or you can agree to let me see other people. That's how you do it. Ain't no sin. Okay? Like seriously. That's how it works. So for all you Christians out there who are like dominating Western society dogma and social doctrine and harming everyone's biology and everyone's psychology, like seriously, stop being so ignorant. Take your dogma and get out of this community. It's not welcome here. Seriously, it's not welcome here. It's so annoying. So uh, anyway... Anyway, the bottom line is, guys, you can't earn love and respect. You can't earn that. So just stop bothering. Like, you can't earn it, okay? You can't earn sex. And if you're a woman and you think your man has to earn your respect, you are solipsistic. You are entitled. You are selfish. And like I told that woman last night in the Facebook public group, guess what? I would abandon you. And I would encourage other men to abandon you. You are not a valuable woman. You are a selfish, entitled, disrespectful woman. And as it says in the book of Proverbs, better to be on the corner of one's own roof than to be in your home with a quarrelsome and disrespectful woman. Yeah, and that's why. Because, you know, you know, most people like some cultures, it's okay to like beat your wife. I'm not for that. So actually men are instructed to flee from their women who do that. And guess what? It happened in Song of Solomon chapter 5. Solomon fled his queen because she basically treated him like crap. And he's like, fine, if you're going to treat me that way, I'm going to find someone else who isn't going to treat me that way. <clears throat> Losing my voice. Awesome. 
Awesome. <clears throat> so let's bring it all together. A lot of these red pill concepts I do agree with, about 80% of them. The ones I disagree with are the ones who are <clears throat> losing my voice. The ones who The ones that I disagree with is like when he's projecting his ENFP wife onto all women. I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's right. But like I said, guys, women need to read these books. Like if you have a daughter and you understand red pill concepts, you need to tell your daughter like, hey, like you do realize that statistically if you have three or more partners, you're 70% more likely to divorce a man and ruin your life. You shouldn't do that. You should tell your daughter like, hey, you know, when you're in your 20s, Get into a relationship with a man in your, his 30s. He's established. He's well-known. He's he's responsible. He's grown. And then, you know, you can have children with him and have a family. That way, you know, you're in a better bargaining position because of how young you are. That's what you need to be teaching your daughters. That way, feminism isn't this thing that's existing and destroying the mature masculine. Okay. And you learn that in the Positive Masculinity book because it talks about fatherhood and how it's important. It also talks about male suicide and how the lack of the mature masculine not putting in hypergamy or female solipsism in check has led to male suicide. Suicide is higher, a lot higher amongst men than it is women. And this is why. This is why reading these rational male books, these red pill books, are in effect... Uh, um, are in effect the cure for male suicide. I'm not kidding. Uh, my ability to cure male suicide or prevent male suicide basically uh, within my coaching practice, I wouldn't say cure, but prevent, um, has gone up exponentially ever since I started teaching men red pill concepts because by doing that, they actually have hope. They actually have something to look forward to instead of this bullshit feminine primary social order that means to destroy men. And it's the main reason why the mature masculine doesn't exist anymore. Because there's no room for the mature masculine within our culture. There isn't. It's not culturally acceptable to be masculine. You think that's the case? Well, look at Homer Simpson. He's a dumb idiot. Look at Peter Griffin. He's a dumb idiot. Look at Patrick Warburton playing the dumb idiot all the time on Seinfeld or or Seinfeld himself in his show or George Costanza or, you know, like or Tony Danza or all these actors and playing all the, you know, all these sitcoms and whatnot that really shaped the American way of thinking. And it's just the dumb dad, the dumb man, the weak man, the beta male. There's no alpha males. There's no alpha males in that, in what the uh, American family should look like. So, it's a problem. It's really a problem. Male suicide is a huge problem, and this is why. Why do you guys think that I care about fatherlessness? You go to like this YouTube channel, you watch the very first video at the front, and I'm literally explaining that fatherlessness is the problem. My life's purpose 
It's actually in the final uh, chapter or the final book of the Old Testament, My Life's Purpose. And it says, um, in the last days I will send my prophet Elijah to you, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their sons and the hearts of sons to their fathers, or else I will strike the land with utter destruction. That's a prophecy. That's why I exist. That's why I'm here. And now I may not be the prophet Elijah, but his mission is mine. And I will see it through. Fatherlessness has to stop. But people, men, women, all you people who are watching this right now, like fatherlessness is literally the problem. But it is also the solution if you bring back the fathers. But, you know, there's a problem. And you could bring it back to the book of Genesis very easily. Adam and Eve. Eve screwed the serpent and screwed Adam, her alpha seed and her beta need, right? And then they were punished. They're punished by God. And God punished Adam by saying, wow, way to go, putting your wife on a pedestal instead of like making yourself your own mental point of origin, instead of you being the sun, instead of her orbiting around you. Wow. And blaming her. Wow. And so he said to Adam, curses the ground because of you. And by the sweat of your brow and through your toil, you will eat of it for the rest of your life and then you will die. Okay. And that is also translated as the male burden of performance that uh, Tomasi talks about in his Red Pill books. That's what it is, the male burden of performance. But why should men perform in this feminine primary social order? That's what the MGTOW people are talking about. Why should men perform? It's not like they're getting anything out of it. I asked these women last night, what does a man get out of being committed to you? Well, I'll cook and I'll clean. And I'm like, well, that's what microwaves are for. That's what dishwashers are for. That's what washers and dryers are for. There's like, there's appliances. So that, that's not very valuable. Well, I'll have sex with them. Uh, he can have sex with anybody. You're not special, honey. You're not special. What's between your legs doesn't make you special. That could be anybody. Anybody can have sex. Gosh, I, I it's funny watching Railgun actually say that to other women. That's hilarious. It was so hilarious to me. Just watch your TI parent unleashed upon them. Like anybody can have sex. Who cares? It's not that valuable. It's vanity. It's really just vanity. So humble yourselves. <clears throat> Men, humble yourselves and recognize that you're not really well esteemed. Oh, here's another point. The women last night got really mad because it's like, how could you post these things? These are really shallow and it really harms women's self-esteem. And I'm like, self-esteem is everyone's personal responsibility. And it is not the responsibility of society or the collective at all to make you feel good about yourself, to, make, to esteem you. It is your job to esteem yourself. And if you're not esteemed... Take care of yourself, measure your food, go to the gym, get educated, gain some skills, make yourself desirable, perform well. That's on you. If you're a woman or a man, it doesn't matter. That's on you. You're just butt hurt because you've been enabled this entire time by your single mama, right? And then all of a sudden, you're bringing that entitlement into adulthood and then life is hitting you hard. No wonder suicide's so high, right? Like, come on, guys. Like, how can you have that point of view? You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So women provide a lot more to relationships than chores and sex. Of course they do. Of course they do. But the utility of women is like, it's been heavily reduced. 
they're not needed. Women are not needed. You can make the argument that what men do get out of relationships with, from being committed to a woman is children. But in Western society, that's not true because women have the right to choose to abort at any moment. That's the first hit. Women also have the right to choose if a man is unfit to be a father at any moment. So why bother? So men are shirking their responsibilities. They are shirking their responsibility or their male burden of performance. They are not performing and they are staying man children. They have Peter Pan syndrome. They don't want to grow up because why bother growing up? There is no reward for growing up. That's how they see it. You want to have proof of that? The MGTOW movement exists specifically for that reason. The reality of the situation, the harsh reality of the situation, men actually technically get nothing from being committed because the woman will always get more out of it than a man. Iron rule of Tomasi number six, and I quote, women are fundamentally incapable of loving a man in the way that a man expects to be loved by a woman. Don't believe me? Go back to my biology argument. Biology proves this. And I'm sure it's true in other areas too, like socially. I don't care what your belief system is. I don't care what your dogma is. That is a fact. So this is why I instruct men out there, hey, your bird in the hand, your bird in the hand, your wife, your spouse, your girlfriend better be worth five in the bush, five women at least. If you're going to be committed to her, if you're going to have a monogamous relationship with her, she better be worth that many to you because otherwise you're screwed. And that's the harsh truth of what the red pill is. I agree with 80% of it, 20% of it. It's got that ENFP bias and that's a problem. It's a serious, serious problem. I didn't say women's lives end at 30. I'm not saying women's only value is their ability to produce children either. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you're going to look at it from a strict interest-based standpoint, this is SE demon talking. This is my ESFP demon talking right now because guess what, guys? The reality of the situation is because I'm so interest-based, what does a man get out of the relationship with a woman compared to what a woman gets out of it with a man? And guess what? The woman gets way more, way more, especially in Western society. And that's a fact. You can't prove that otherwise. That is a fact. So that's why men and the masculine, they are idealistic about love. Men are the true romantics. Men write the poems. They write the songs. Yeah, sure, sometimes women do. Sure they do, but it's a secondary role. It's a secondary trait. The true romantics are men. That's why that exists. Come on, folks. Don't be so entitled. None of this is bad. It's biology. It's how we're supposed to be. It's okay. I don't know. It's funny. I've had I've had women um, in this audience come to me and they're like, you know, um, <laughs> they're being hypergamous. And they're like, you know, Chase, I just want you to know that, like, I'd really like to be your woman. And it's okay because... 
you you can have any woman you want. I I just I would just I'd really like some time with you. I I'd really like to be your woman, and I won't have any other man other than you. It's kind of like you know the first commandment: Thou shalt not have any gods before me. It's kind of like a God being a jealous God, right? Interesting how that works, you know. And I've had this happen to me a few times where they're like, you know, I, you know, you'll be my only man, but you can have other women. It's okay. I I really want to have that opportunity with you, and I'm like, no, no. Like, but but they do this. This this is an example of hypergamy, right? Like, because as is pointed out in Tomasi's work, guess what? A major alpha man is willing to be shared by multiple women. It is biology. It is evolution. This is proven, okay? The only reason why it's not is because monogamy has been instituted by the Catholic Church for the purpose of reducing population or whatever because of this feminine idealism, because of Edward Bernays, like what we started with at the beginning of this live stream, and his influence, right? Okay? This is an issue. So biology defies first world conditioning. That's exactly correct. Men are being conditioned. Our society is being conditioned to think this way. Why? Well, what are they getting out of it? Let's lose the SE demon interest-based awareness, guys. What is the people who really rule the world getting out of institution of monogamy and expecting everyone culturally and socially to think that it is the only way to live your life? They're getting reduced population because of their Malthusian doctrine and their dogma from which they utilize to reduce the population of the planet such that our population will cap at 11 billion. That's what they want. If you actually think about it, using expert intuition, but you could probably use it with SE, the entire, all of society is organized around this point, reducing population. Why do you think fluoride is in all of the tap water in all of the United States of America? Fluoride causes cancer. Think about that. It's to reduce population length it's to reduce lifespan you don't believe me look up Cass sunstein's complete life system look that up that's a thing okay that guy was uh, uh obama's regulatory czar jordan peterson has been involved with people like this it comes from john robert malthus the the malthusian doctrine reduction of population agenda 21 like literally how does monogamy lead to reduced population? Come on. It's the thing. But, you know, I just get labeled shallow or, you know, I'm told that uh, I'm an incel. You know, like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm an incel when I got women offering themselves to me and, and completely okay that uh, I'm with other women other than them as long and they'll and they'll be committed to me and no other man. And that's happening to me on a regular basis. I think in 2020, I had six different women make that offer to me privately in 2020 alone, you know, and like, come on, like, come on, guys, like, this is a thing, okay, this is a thing, so, but like, like, but is hypergamy bad? No. Is solipsism bad? No. These are good things. What is bad? The absence of the mature masculine, that is what's bad. And in this culture, in this society, without the mature masculine, we're going to lose it all. Just like it says, and I will strike the land with utter destruction. This is my warning to you folks. Repent and repent now. 
because if you don't restore the mature masculine, we will lose everything we have. Everything we hold dear will be destroyed, utterly destroyed. It is your future. It is coming. This is why I must stop fatherlessness at all costs. This is why I read red pill books. And this is why I endure you people telling me how much of a bad person, an evil person, a misogynist, a chauvinist, a woman hater, constantly telling me that all the time. And you just are all ignorant and conditioned. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do.